So my friends, today we celebrate this solemnity of the most holy body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, known as Corpus Christi. And it's a time for us to reflect on what we believe as Catholics about the Eucharist. We're one year into this three-year Eucharistic revival called for by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to really increase our understanding and devotion of the Eucharist. This last year was the, di- the diocesan phase. This upcoming year is supposed to be the parish phase. And the next year will be the national phase, culminating in a Eucharistic procession actually beginning in New Haven all the way to Indianapolis. And so um, we are supposed to be focusing on, in these three years, uh, our love and appreciation, our veneration for the Eucharist. Today's feast is that annual time to really focus on that. So we're going to look tonight at both the doctrine, what we believe, and then the practical, how that affects certain practices that we have as Catholics. We believe about the Eucharist that the Eucharistic species is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ truly present. That in the Mass, we take ordinary bread and ordinary wine, and through the priest acting in the person of Christ, saying the words of Jesus himself, this is my body, this is my blood, which are accounted for in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the first letter to the Corinthians, that real bread and wine actually becomes the body and blood of Jesus Christ. The vocab word for this is transubstantiation. So the substance changes. And so you can't point to the Eucharist and say, that's bread. Or that's wine. You can't call it bread and wine anymore because it's not. The substance, the stuff of it has changed. But the accidents, certain properties like the look and the smell and the taste and the touch all remain the same. But the substance changes. And that that, what was bread and wine, now actually is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus himself. Of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so when we receive Holy Communion, it's not eating bread and drinking wine. It's receiving into ourselves the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus himself. We don't believe that the Eucharist is a symbol. Nowhere in Scripture does it say the Eucharist is a symbol. In fact, after this Gospel passage, which we just read, where Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. People leave. They leave. This is too tough. We can't can't accept the teaching of the Eucharist. And so they leave. And Jesus doesn't say, no, I'm I'm being symbolic, right? I'm being symbolic. Come on back. We don't actually mean it literally. He, He lets them go. He lets them go. Because the teaching of the Eucharist is true. And that John's uh, Bread of Life Discourse, chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel, mirrors in a lot of the vocabulary usage uh, the institution narratives in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the first letter to the Corinthians. That this is the true flesh and blood of God himself. And that we worship our Lord and God. Jesus feeds us with himself. He is the manna that came down from heaven. 
Jesus is the new Moses. If you picked up that book that we were giving out on Ash Wednesday in the first Sunday of Lent, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, it's, it's so beautifully laid out in there. And we recommend it to read it again in the bulletin this weekend. But like, Jesus is the new Moses. And Moses led the people out of slavery through, bap- through water, right? And that symbolized in baptism. Jesus leads us out of slavery to sin through his death and resurrection at the Passover, the true Passover, his death on the cross. We participate in that through baptism. And then what did Moses do? The people were fed by God with manna in the desert. And we, the pilgrim people of God, being led out of slavery to sin by the new Moses, are fed by the bread that comes from heaven, namely the very body and blood of God himself. God feeds us with his own body and blood. And so this is what we believe about the Eucharist. We actually believe the Eucharist to be the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that belief then should inspire our practices. It's from that belief that all actions flow. And so this is a great time to reflect on those. The first is that we come to Mass every week, right? The Sunday Mass where we as the community gather and we worship our Lord. We are present at the moment of sacrifice and we receive our Lord in Holy Communion. The importance of Sunday Mass. Sunday Mass is more important than anything else we do the entire week. Our entire weekly schedule should be built around attending Sunday Mass and not just squeezing Mass into whatever else we have going on on a particular weekend. Sunday Mass is the most important thing we do in a week because it's here that we are present in the moment of sacrifice and it's here that we are present and receive our Lord in the Eucharist. But when we receive our Lord in the Eucharist, it's important that we be in right relationship with him. The Eucharist is a sacrament of relationship. It's a sacrament of intimacy with our Lord. And so if there's been any conflict between us and him, if we've in any way uh, put, a, put a barrier between us and him, that has to be reconciled. That has to be uh, forgiven in the sacrament of confession. And so if we are conscious of any grave sin, any mortal sin, we don't receive communion until we go to confession, that we have to be in right relationship with our Lord. Forgiveness comes before the closeness of intimacy. If there's been a breakdown in our relationship, then it needs to be built back up. St. Paul says in that same first letter to Corinthians that if we receive the body and the blood of our Lord unworthily, right, in a state of sin, we receive it unto our condemnation. That's St. Paul, that we have to be in that state of right relationship with the Lord when we receive Holy Communion. And then how we receive communion is so important, right? That we believe, we actually believe the Eucharist to be our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when the priest or deacon or Eucharistic minister says the body of Christ, right? Holding up something that looks like bread and says the body, which right now, like all the stuff we got on the altar, that's all bread right there, right? If I were to hold that up right now and say the body of Christ, not a single person in here should say amen, right? Because it's, it's just bread up there, getting ready for the mass. But after, 
after the, the Eucharistic prayer. The priest or the deacon of the Eucharistic minister, when we go to receive communion, says the body of Christ. And we say as an act of faith, amen. Like, yes, amen. That's not a piece of bread. That's not bread anymore. That is, in fact, the body of my God, my Lord and my God, the body of God himself, Jesus Christ, the body of Christ to say a good amen and to make it a prayer. And then the way that we receive communion, right? The, the, you can receive communion on the hand or on the tongue. And so again, these are just good, helpful, practical reminders. And I know in particular, uh, when things were more difficult with COVID, there was all kinds of different um, changes there. But like, if you receive on the hand, it's your right hand under your left hand, as I was taught in Catholic school all those years ago, right? Right hand under your left hand, and then you receive right hand, and you receive our Lord reverently. We receive our Lord reverently, right? So it's, if we receive on the hand, that's how we do it. If you receive on the tongue, you say amen, you stick out your tongue. You can receive standing or kneeling, whatever you want to do, right? It's all allowed. But we receive communion with reverence, not just in a casual way and not just kind of doing whatever. But this is the body of our God. Like this is the body of God among us. And so we're, we should be extra attentive to be renewed in that reverence. And when we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, we definitely, definitely should not just walk out of Mass right then, right? It's like, okay, I got what I came for, so now I'm leaving. Like, only one apostle left the Last Supper early, and that was Judas, right? We don't leave Mass just because we've received, we certainly shouldn't do that. We've received the gift of our Lord. We don't just walk right out after. No, we stay through the end of the Mass at least, right? We receive our Lord, we go back to our pew, we kneel down and we pray. And we say thank you. In fact, it's a good practice not just to leave after communion, right? It's a good practice to when Mass ends and after the procession to just kneel down just for a minute, right after Mass, just to kneel down for a minute or two and actually say thank you. What did it cost Jesus for us to have this Mass today? What's the cost to Jesus his whole life? He he had to die for us to have Mass, to give us his body and blood, to redeem us. It cost Jesus his life. And so it's not too much after we receive communion to go and kneel and pray at our pew. And then after Mass concludes, just to kneel down, just for a few seconds, just Jesus, thank you. That That actually cost you something. And you've done it just for me. And I've been able to receive you in the intimacy of Holy Communion. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Then other just little practices as well. Right? Whenever we come into the church, we repose our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle there. That's the tabernacle. And so we genuflect, right? If we're able to, if our knees are still good enough, it's right knee all the way to the ground, 90 degree angle. If our knees aren't so good anymore, okay. It's a bow from the waist, right? But to pause and to acknowledge Jesus You're here among us, present in the tabernacle. You've remained with us out of love. And then as well, we have the practice of Eucharistic adoration. We have, over the summer, we just have adoration on Wednesday evenings during the school year. We have it Monday through Friday. Um, But to adore our Lord in the Eucharist, to, to spend extra time with him, maybe to stop in and visit him in a church, even if there's not something going on, and just to say hello and to visit our Lord. And to talk, he's actually physically present to us. But to go to adoration and to spend that time adoring and worshiping our Lord 
in the Blessed Sacrament. And then finally, what we'll do tomorrow, and again, everyone here is invited to, to processions, right? When we have a Eucharistic procession, we're going to carry Jesus himself down South Main Street tomorrow. It's starting at noon, right? What a public witness to our faith. We don't just do that for... We're not carrying a piece of bread down South Main Street or a symbol. It's God himself present among us. My friends, this is what we believe. We're one-third of the way through this Eucharistic revival to renew our devotion and our understanding of the Eucharist. And so let's each one of us take the time. Let's see, do we really understand and believe what the church teaches? Do we believe it? And then all of these practices that are inspired by this belief. It's always good. I have a friend who's in a dating relationship and they need to tighten up their practice, become a little too comfortable and not, not so, you know, real uh, thought out affection for each other. And so um, they needed to have a talk, a serious conversation about like, no, we can't just take each other for granted. And that happens in any relationship. We can't just take each other for granted. Well, Jesus, I can't take you for granted. And so what are the ways that I can tighten up some of these areas of my Eucharistic devotion so that how I act really reflects what I believe, that Jesus himself is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the most holy Eucharist.